We hope you enjoy our homily podcast. Please consider supporting the ministry of Our Lady of Lords by donating to the Future Full of Hope Capital Campaign at lordsdenver.org. We are so grateful for your support. Uh, uh, you can't stop Catholics from worshiping God. I'm proud of you all, you know, for making it. I know our guardian angels are very good and uh, are always keeping watch over us. I like to imagine they take a little break right now and they're kind of sipping the hot cider and enjoying the time, worshiping God. I love snow. I, I like to play in snow. There was a time when I lived downtown and um, we had a big snowstorm. There's kind of steps in front of the house and then the sidewalk there. And I made uh, a statue. I was working on snow sculpture at the time. Uh, I made a statue of Our Lady and uh, spent a long time. You know, you got to pile up the snow and then you got to, you know, carve everything out. And this guy comes walking by and he's with his dog and he looks up and he says, Hey man, I like it. Cool. I love aliens. <laughs> and I took a look and my sculpture had like a really long neck and a big head and everything. That has nothing to do with the homily. It's just a, snor- a story about snow. Uh, today, today we're hearing in the readings all about light and about how uh, God has provided the world with his light, a light that shines through the good deeds of the church, each one of us, and what a privilege it is to be a light to the world, to be a gift to the world, that our whole life is given as a gift to radiate the beauty of God, life filled with the Holy Spirit, a joy and a peace that spreads through the world, a world that is in a lot of ways very dark and scary and difficult. That's the blessing that Jesus has intended for the world and that he's uh, he's invited us into. None of us deserve that grace. None of us earned this moment of uh, baptism when we receive the light of Christ, and we receive this profound mission and identity to bear the light in the world. There's after the, in the baptism, after baptism, with the water um, and the formula, I baptize you in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, there's an anointing with sacred chrism on the crown of our head. And as we shine, the, the, the rite invites us to light a candle from the Paschal candle that symbolizes Jesus, the light of the world, and to pass it to the child, you know, who has just been baptized, who is spoken to by the priest at that moment in the rite, says, you are the light of the world. It's a beautiful thing. Um, It's a beautiful calling, and the, the Lord asks us to carry out our calling to be a light of the world through many acts of charity through life, taking care of the poor, that's the way he, he called us. Uh, these readings mention if you, if you give food to the hungry, if you give clothing to the naked, if you give a place of rest to those who are without a home, then you are the light to the world. And it says that you will be, in your acts of charity, you will be given the grace of healing. There's something that we do for others and that we receive in return. This service is a way of encountering the God who heals us and who fulfills us. 
It's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I love and I'm very proud of this family. I'm very proud of the body of Christ living in the world um, for a number of reasons, just to, to witness this, uh, this light to the world. Um, I can brag, oh, I will brag, I guess. <laughs> Some say it's not good to brag, but sometimes it is. Um, today, I was filled with pride and, and joy and gratitude for the way that the Lord has served so many in need. Um, the Catholic Church is the most charitable institution, group, in the world. We provide more help to those in need um, than any other family, than any other group. And that's something I'm very proud of. Um, in our own diocese, I printed off the statistics from the Catholic Charities of the Archdiocese of Denver. Um, some, of the, some of the things that happen is 103,000 uh, women, men, and children are given uh, assistance across northern Colorado in a year. There are a million nights in affordable housing that are provided by Catholic Charities. 612,000 meals provided in a year, um, over 110,000 nights in emergency and transitional shelter. Beautiful. I read a statistic that there's over uh, 10,000 orphanages that the Catholic Church uh, runs throughout the world, provides for. Think of all those children. That's a blessing just to think on all those children who receive care and a home and help. God is doing great things with the church, has through history, and is in our time. I'm very proud of this community. I know that there are lots of uh, missionaries among our community, folks who serve the poor, specifically, professionally, um, folks who have given up their, their time and their energy to spend um, all, of their, uh, all of their life, at least for a few years, uh, proclaiming the gospel on college campuses, traveling abroad, um, serving the poor on the streets of Denver. It's a beautiful thing. There are a lot of caregivers in our parish, you know, people who every day are taking care of those who are sick, uh, those who are elderly, you know, caring for those who are in need. There's lots and lots of parents, and I love this one, uh, who take care of the poorest of the poor, that is, the children, and all the ones who can't feed themselves or clothe themselves, clean up after themselves, um, behave themselves. <laughs> I'll speak for myself. Uh, my parents. Um, <laughs> there's so much charity given, you know, and that's our mission. God calls us to, um, to do great works of mercy. And our prayer in response to, this, to the Lord's call is, Lord, give me opportunities. Give me opportunities to serve the poor. Because that's where I find my healing. That's where I find the, the opportunity to love. That's the, that's the place where I encounter the face of Jesus. This one who gives, yeah, gives me my identity. Gives me this mission. These are perfect readings for, for today as we prepare for the, the feast of Our Lady of Lourdes. You know, that happens on Tuesday, February 11th, every year. Um, it's the feast of our parish. It's your feast and my feast, no? Something to, a moment to celebrate. Um, it's a beautiful memorial of the, the apparitions that happened to um, St. Bernadette 
super, I, well, she wasn't a saint at the time. She was a kid. Uh, <laughs> Bernadette Subaru, this little girl in southern France in um, this town of Lourdes. It's uh, about the same distance as Denver is from the foothills. Lourdes is to the Pyrenees Mountains. So you can imagine um, looking south to those mountains. Uh, it's a beautiful place, but it was a very poor town. And uh, Bernadette and her family were some of the poorest of the poor. They were living in a little um, jail. They, um, her, her parents were unemployed when she had these visions. And um, they were displaced from their home because of the unemployment and the poverty. Uh, they had to take up residence in the old jail because the jail had been moved and renovated. And there was space for a family. So they were, um, they're poor. She goes to... Um, she goes down by the river, and there's a, there's a cave there, a grotto. And she happens to be down there, and this beautiful lady appears to Bernadette. And it um, stands there, and Bernadette is entranced, amazed by this sight of this beautiful woman, and just overjoyed to see her. Um, for a while, this, this beautiful lady doesn't, doesn't say anything to Bernadette. Just sits there, and she knows that it's somehow heavenly, so she starts praying her rosary. There were 18 different apparitions um, that happened over the course of the next month or so. And uh, Bernadette would go to this place, and she would uh, bring a candle. She would hold her candle, and then she would bring her rosary. Much of the time, Our Lady didn't say anything to her. She, she uh, stood there and looked at Bernadette and smiled. A couple of times, Our Lady spoke to, to Bernadette. Um, the more, majority of the time during the apparition, she would just pray the rosary with Bernadette and look upon her. At first, when the people came, they saw this girl in ecstasy in her prayer, and they thought, you're crazy. Um, or they knew she was crazy. Maybe she's crazy. Uh, <laughs> they... They were amazed, though, by what they saw in this little girl. Something had changed. Something was transformed. And just the sight of her when she was praying, they can't see the beautiful lady. They have no proof, except that there was something so compelling about the face of Bernadette that drew more and more people to the point where, within a month, you had tens of thousands of people coming uh, with hopes to see, uh, to see Bernadette, but really to pray with her. To kneel down in that place where Our Lady was appearing. They weren't sure. It was the 14th apparition where Our Lady actually revealed her name to Bernadette. I am the Immaculate Conception, she said. Before that, it was just an act of trust and, and wonder. You know, Bernadette was seeing something she had never seen before. And the people were seeing in Bernadette something they had never seen before. Here she is with her light. Here she is with her prayer. One other thing Our Lady said to her was, pray for sinners. Pray for sinners. This, isn't, this wasn't a call for her to be on a high horse. You know, here's innocent Bernadette. She looks down on all these sinners, and then she can... It was, it's a call to care for those, to be Christ to those who are imprisoned in, in sin, in their, in, in captured by sin, affected by sin. Now, this is healing for people who are addicted, you know, people who have uh, no control over their violence, people who live in war-torn places, 
both affected by sin and their own and that of others. Pray for them. Set them free. And there was a call here for Bernadette to be a light to the nations, to be a light to the people in a very, very simple and subtle way, to intercede for people. She followed that call. Even after the apparition stopped, she became a nun and went to the convent, and she was really never heard of until, um, until her death and canonization. Then. But that was her call. That was her invitation to serve this way, to pray. This is an incredible act of mercy, but it takes an incredible act of faith as well. When Our Lady tells Bernadette, you pray for sinners, pray for the world, and serve the world this way, be a light to the world this way, she knows that, this is, that there's power in prayer. She's not saying, use prayer to feel good, Bernadette. She's saying, fix things. Save my people. Save those who are suffering with your prayer. There's a power to prayer and a power of service. I like to reflect on that Bernadette uh, praying there, this one with the light, looking up at Our Lady and being filled with light, being filled with the radiance of of God. Um, Hans Urs von Balthasar has this uh, great insight. I get to talk about Hans Urs von Balthasar too. Father Brian loves to talk about him, but <laughs> sometimes I read that stuff too. Uh, so he's got, this, he's got this insight about how every human being comes to an awareness of themselves as a little infant resting in the arms of their mother. The first realization that they themselves are an I, a person, is by seeing another and seeing the gaze of the mother. With these little eyes that can't see very far, they look upon one who loves them. In the affection of the mother, we receive our identity and are grounded. In that experience of love, we receive our identity. We're given that experience as a foundation to all of life. We can go through life knowing somehow, very intuitively, at the very bottom of our person, that we are loved. A beautiful, beautiful way that the Lord has created us. And there's something there that's very parallel to what happens in baptism. That the Lord makes us anew, that our soul becomes young. You know, this old Adam dies away and we have this, this young, fresh soul. It's a moment where the Father looks upon us with love. He fills us with his Holy Spirit that radiant spirit. He sees us as his sons and daughters, and he delights in us. And it's a moment that endures throughout our entire life. It's this foundational moment that we can return to in times of our own distress. And I think that's what happened with with Bernadette. There in front of Our Lady, she was reminded and at peace knowing that she was a daughter of God. That's communicated through the love of the mother through the gaze of the mother. What a beautiful moment. And what a beautiful possibility for all of us in our prayer to be invited into that gaze. We take up the rosary. We take up our prayers for other people. That's our intention. And we can even find in that prayer um, this gaze of, of the mother, this gaze of love, the voice of the Father at times, the presence of the Holy Spirit. 
And that in itself reminds us of our great dignity as a light to the world. I mean, some of this happens because we, we, we go looking for it. And we pray for opportunities to show charity, to practice charity. But I think a lot of it is also quite automatic. You know? It's something that we are. Jesus says you are a light to the world. He doesn't say try really hard to be a light to the world. He says you are a light to the world. And you can obscure that if you try really hard. But even then, it's hard to keep that bushel basket over. You, know? you are a light to the world. I think it's something like, I like to brag about, I think I've preached about this before, but my, my sister just had her second baby, so I'm going to revisit this theme. Um, we get, you get, so she's got two, one is one year old, and every time that kind of gap-tooth, goofy-looking kid comes around, uh, it's a joy. He lights up the whole room. You know, people are passing around the baby because he's smiling and he makes everybody else smile. And I don't think he's trying. Maybe he is trying. I think he does try. He's kind of an attention grabber. But uh, <laughs> it's, it's just the joy of, of childhood, you know. Um, it's something that's automatic, that's there. It happens with every child. My sister just had a baby two weeks ago. And I had the pleasure of going to the hospital and holding the newborn. And there's something of just a profound sense of connection, of love, and of peace when you hold this newborn. I don't know how to explain it, but those of you who have, you know. Um, there's a radiance. There's, a, there's um, something that, that you can't explain. It feels like um, it fills a room. You know? Jesus sees us all as his brothers and sisters, a light to the world. God the Father sees us all as children. You're not in the kingdom of God unless you're a child. Luckily, we are all the time. You can grow old and still our souls are like children. And like children, we we radiate light wherever we go. It's a beautiful gift. We don't always see it. Sometimes we just see our rascal child self misbehaving, causing trouble, screaming. Um, We're a light to the world. That's how God sees us. And God has given us as a gift to the rest of the world to bring joy, to bring contentment, to bring healing. Uh, It's part of his plan. And it's a great honor for us. Um, Yes, I'm proud. I'm proud of all the good things that we do. And I'm proud of all of the, the, the good things that we are. The light of the world. And I know that God is. God is always proud of us, is always calling us to something, is always providing for that mission as well. He, he puts us in families that need light. He puts us in workplaces that need light. He puts us in neighborhoods that need light because he's providing. And he knows. He knows he has a plan that's bigger than our own, even awareness. Paul talks about the mystery that he's encountered in Christ. It's a beautiful, beautiful mystery and a beautiful gift that God is giving. We thank God for that gift. I hope that um, today and Tuesday will be a special feast for you. you know? A time when you can let go of all your anxiety, fears, sorrows, and rest in that presence of Our Lady, rest in the presence of our Lord. 
A lot of times we're, we're really hard on, our, on ourselves, driving and driving and driving. I got to be holier. I got to be holier. Um, take a little break for a day. Not too long. <laughs> um, and recognize the incredible holiness that God has given to you. Has, has given to you by the virtue of his Holy Spirit rest, uh, abiding in you. And then we recommit. We say, Lord, give me the opportunity to serve you and do great acts of charity. Give me the opportunity to pray. Give me a great love of prayer. Stir in me this desire to serve the world and to save people through prayer. Fill me with the conviction of the power of each prayer that I pray. And give me this love of prayer that puts me in the presence of God so that I can... I can be filled with wonder. I can be filled with peace. I can radiate your light and and know my own dignity, my own childlikeness. Rest in the arms of Our Lady and to rest in the gaze of our Heavenly Father.